Kia from your Every Nation Southside family here in Papatoitoi, Auckland. You are now listening to a podcast from our church service and we pray that you will be blessed by it. For more information, please visit our Facebook page or feel free to contact our church office. We, we sang uh, this morning some words that I, that I want to bring our attention to. And it was the song, you know, Cornerstone was their last one. I love the chorus. This, the chorus goes, Christ alone, Cornerstone. Weak made strong in the Savior's love. And this bit is cool. It's through the storm. He is Lord, Lord of all, through the storm. And so I wanted to start with those words and and pretty much share that our focus today is on oppression. And when I ponder on this word oppression, Straight, straight away, I think of being persecuted, um, enslaved, going through just hardship, going through misery and pain. It's, su- it's suffering through some type of abuse and being bullied, you know, or held captive by someone that is stronger than you. Oppression is the very thing that the enemy, right, wants us to be caught up in to keep us away from who Christ really is and can be for you and I. And I'm blessed to have sung this morning, you know, Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love, and it's through the storm that He is Lord, that He is Lord of all. You know, the scripture that I'm going to refer to today, which has a connection, I guess, to the song, is, is from the Gospel Mark. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 to 20. Um, this is an interesting story about oppression. And it's actually about a man who was oppressed by demons. And so the subject of being, you know, oppressed demonically is probably something you have seen on movies. And that is probably as far as the experience any of us have is through movies. And when people like you and I, who, who live in a country that is, you know, New Zealand's considered a very safe place. And, you know, it's can probably even considered so safe that we don't even realize the demonic oppression. And many will not even think of a demonic realm um, that really exists here in our community out in South Auckland, or Auckland alone. And I don't expect many of us here to have experienced any type of demonic oppression in any physical way. I'm not trying to tell you, go look for it. Um, It is not something we see very often at all or have been around often at all. But let me tell you, it is real. (laughs) Now, I don't say these things to scare any of us, okay? Um, But as believers of Christ and the work that Jesus has done on the cross through resurrection... You know, you can't, we cannot deny the existence of spiritual warfare, right? And so we go up against, in spiritual warfare we go up against uh, when you and I are followers of Jesus. It's, it's part of being a follower of Jesus. There is warfare. And we, you know, read in the Bible, there's this well-known verse in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, and it says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities 
and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So our brief time today, I'm going to take us through the story of this man who was oppressed by demons and how Jesus, how Jesus frees him from these evil forces. Now, what can we learn from the story, right? You're probably wondering, you know, because you're probably asking, so, uh, Taolu, are you telling me I'm facing demonic oppression right now in my life? Is that why you're bringing this up? No, that is not why I'm saying that. So just relax, okay? Uh, what I do want to bring to your attention, though, is for you and I to understand that when Jesus heals and when he can renew you through and through, I said this before, body, soul, and emotionally and mentally and by, you know, through the spirit. And many of us here, you know, we know when Jesus transforms your life, man, you can never be the same again, right? So let us walk through this story so I can just break it down for us just to understand how it can relate to our lives today. And so we pick it up at, at verse 1, chapter 5, uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. And this is the first part of the verse. It says, they went across the lake of Galilee to the, the region of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs. And no one could, no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. Here we have, get this right, we have a living person, this Jewish man that was believed, he was a Jewish man living among the dead. And this man was living in and around tombstones. And I, I can imagine it would have been a dirty place in those times and the way that tombstones were designed and how people were buried would have been filthy, and, and to be honest, it would have, it's just wrong. It's just wrong for any person to live like that. It's just unclean. But if I can relate that to today, get this part. When you are not living life in Jesus, the only other way then you are probably living is among the dead. You're living among tombstones. Without Jesus, life is dead. In your life then, it naturally, if you're not living with Jesus and you're living a life among the tombs, your life then it naturally becomes filled with, with filth, with rubbish, and just dirt because you live around it. And that can look like just so many unrighteous things. Oppression can push any of us back to old ways of, of our sinful nature that Jesus brought us out of in the first place. You've probably been through those kind of journeys. You may be going through that kind of journey right now. You may have some friends that have been in, in those journeys or going through it right now where they've been so in love with Christ and so in love with God and then all of a sudden oppression comes. And then what it does, it forces you to make a choice. It forces you to make a choice to either push through it, you know, through the storm, 
He is Lord, Lord of all. Or you turn away and run. And you know, probably through experience, that when you turn away and run through the oppression and forget that he is Lord through the storm, things don't end up turning the way, you know, turning out the way that you were hoping it for. And also, oppression, what it does then, it, it causes you to isolate yourself from others. You know, this demon-oppressed man, this Jewish man, lived among the tombs because he eventually, he didn't want help. He did not want help from others. You've been there before? You know, when you're just doing so well and, and, and walking in God and, and the presence, and then some, some sort of thing happens in your life, and whether it's a trial or temptation, and through that you fall into what we call as Christians, the sin, we fall into sin. It's so hard to come back when you've been so on a high with Christ and all of a sudden you've just dropped right down to the bottom of this pit hole. It is easy for all of us to never ask for help when we are going through hard times. It's so easy. It can be because it's, in, it's embarrassing, right, to share with other people that life is not going too well for you. So the best way is what? Is not tell anyone about it. And so you live on the outside that everything is good. Yet, without Christ, we're living among the tombstones. We're living among the dead. Without Christ, there is no life. And the more we isolate ourselves, we, what happens then? We stop trusting other people. We stop trusting family. We stop trusting friends. We stop trusting even the church community like this one and many of the other church communities that are out there on a Sunday morning just like us, worshipping God. In verse 4 it says, For he had often been chained by hand and foot with chains, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. No matter how many people, right, attempted to chain him up, he broke loose. No one was strong enough to subdue him. It was this demonic presence that was in him that made him physically strong. But the thing is, yeah, no one could hold him down or subdue him until Jesus came along. And we'll look at this part in a moment when Jesus comes along. In verse 5, night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and he would cut himself with stones. Let me tell you, you know, Satan, he's not stupid. He's not silly. He's quite intelligent. And he goes for people who will be good for his work and he'll attack people to accomplish his purpose. And for this particular demon-oppressed man, right, in this story, this man, he was fighting for his life. He was fighting for his life, trying to end this torment that he was in. And so, imagine what he was crying out. He's probably crying out for help. And everything that's happening in him internally 
He's trying to, it feels like the only way I can do this is just abuse myself. Abuse myself to get rid of this pain, to numb the pain, to, to be able to sleep so then when I can wake up in the morning, I'll worry about it then and go through my, my issue again. The Bible doesn't tell us how this man became possessed and how the demon possession took over him. However, you know, personally, I've seen things very similar in the lives of many others uh, during my time as a follower of Jesus. Some of you probably have as well. And I'll tell you now, once again, the only answer is Jesus Christ coming and taking control of your life. And we see what happens in the next part of Scripture in verses 6 to 8. And when he saw Jesus, this Jewish demon-possessed man, when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and he fell at the feet of, uh, on his knees in front of Christ. And then he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want? With me, Jesus, son of the most high God. And he carries on and he says, swear to God that you won't torture me. And for Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. I find it quite, to me, I find this part quite cool. I can picture this, this demon-possessed man and Jesus just says, come out. He ran and fell at his knees in front of him. Get this. The demons recognized Jesus. The name of Jesus is the only name that will shut a demon's mouth. And even when the demons say, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Man, they knew. They knew the authority that Jesus carried. And that scared the living daylights out of these demons. I think back in the book of James, uh, in, in the New Testament, and it reads in James chapter 2, it says, you believe, right, that there is one God? Good. Because even the demons believe that, and they shudder. <laughs> Can I be honest here? It's not enough for your life today in 2019, it's not enough to just recognize who God is. The demons believe in God, but they don't love God. <laughs> demons believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for the sins of humanity. But the demons don't care. They know that Jesus rose from the dead, but that fact doesn't affect their loyalty to who they belong to. But get this. There are so many people who are in the same category. And what I mean by that is people, they don't realize they believe like the demons do. Now, you can believe in God, you can believe in angels, you can believe in heaven and hell, and still Live life that never trusts Christ as your Lord and Savior. Can I say this? Hopefully not to offend you, but man, that's, that's a demon level type of belief, right? <laughs> you believe that there is a Jesus, 
and acknowledge that he exists, but you're not willing to change your ways to live for Christ. Do you have friends like that? Are you like that? I used to be like that. Yeah, I'm not like that anymore. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's good, you, my wife. That's good. Uh, you've heard my, my testimony. Some part of, I lived such a fake life, yet I was the youth leader with Pastor Nelly. <laughs> my leader now, jokes. <laughs> you know, and so, that, man, this, that's a demon level type of belief. Wow, that's, when I think of it that way, I think, whoa, okay, that's pretty scary. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe, and they shudder. You know, life doesn't have to be like that for any of us. We all have the opportunity to commit our hearts to the Lordship of Jesus and, and humbly receive the forgiveness of sins. God offers to us, you know what, he doesn't offer demons, man. He offers a chance to be adopted into his family and to become his children. And then we jump into verse 9. This is what I love, these next couple of verses. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And the man replied, my name is Legion. And he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. That's a whole other story. We're not going to dive into that today. But a, a large herd of pigs were feeding on the near, nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs. Allow us to go into them. And so Jesus gave them permission. Once again, Jesus is the man. He controls the world. <laughs> and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd, hear this, about 2,000 pigs, the herd, 2,000 pigs in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Wow. Now, I don't want to read into this part too much, okay? Uh, it's a whole different sort of study that if you get time, have a look at it. But um, I would like to say that I'm really impressed by how Mark, the writer of this chapter, um, how he wrote this part of scripture. Because when the demon-possessed man, right, he calls himself legion. Legion meaning many. And everyone knew back in the Bible times that a legion was actually a Roman military unit. And so now a Roman legion unit, military unit, it consisted uh, of between 3,000 to 6,000 men that were stationed at any given place you know, assigned by the Caesar of that time. And, and who, were, who were the ones ruling in Jesus' time? Well, it was the Roman soldiers. It was the Romans, of course. And so here we have a Jewish man who was demon-possessed by a Roman demon known as the Legion, right? And this Legion is about to be sent into a horde of pigs. Now, the pigs, right? The pigs... They symbolize the Gentiles because pigs were known to be an unclean animal to the Jews. And for the Jews, a pig was an unclean animal to be, you know, you, you don't touch it or you don't eat it. 
Praise the Lord. <laughs> Jesus set me free. I love my pork. <laughs> but, you know, for the Jews, a pig was an unclean animal. Isn't it funny that Jesus sends the Roman legion of demons into the pigs? Well, maybe not so. You see, the Roman legion, right, during this time uh, while Jesus was alive and during his ministry, the legion back then was known as the 20th legion. 20th legion, and that 20th legion was known as Valeria Victrix. And at that time, the emblem for the 20th legion was the boar. Now, the one thing I want to mention here is that no one can compare to the power of Jesus. This was just Mark's way of writing to tell us that Jesus has full control over all kinds of empires and rules over all kinds of people and cultures and nations, even to this day today. And once again, Jesus is the answer to our problems. He's the answer and solution to our oppression that you and I may be going through. I've seen and know what, what demonic oppression is for people. I've seen it, and, and you know, for people that are wanting to find victory um, in certain areas of their life. I've been there myself. I, I know what it feels like to fight against, you know, the, the evil one and his dark principalities that so many Christians take for granted. I mean, you know, have you ever tried taking your Christian walk seriously? Have you? Because as soon as you do, right, you probably know you are messing with the enemy's spiritual territory when you start taking your walk seriously. And you know what happens? Man, all hell begins to break loose in the heavenly realms just to stop you. You know, Satan's aim is to, to make you lose the spiritual battle against them. The oppression you will face. I mean, I don't know, it's a psychological kind of warfare, right? It gets into a point where we get tempted to become suspicious towards people we love and we trust. Um, maybe we get sick, you know, um, sickness might hit us. Relationships with others can often fall apart. Even the church community can go through struggles relationally causing strain on each other every time we take God's walk seriously. If you've been in that battle, you know what I mean. And as soon as you choose to go up against a spiritual stronghold in your life, it won't take long for your flesh to try and run, to run away from it, because it's just too hard. And if you and I are going to, to follow Jesus, we will face, I'm telling you now, you will face a spiritual realm far beyond our natural selves. I mean, we read about this guy, he could break chains. <laughs> he was physically strong. And so, you know, being, you know, these, these things are, are more powerful than we thought, right? When you go into that sort of seriousness of, of walking and taking your walk seriously, taking it up another level to where you are today. 
And they're more powerful than we thought, attacking us in ways that we least expect. Any, I'm sorry, an enemy who, who will do everything they can to deceive you and I, to deceive us about what is real while trying to destroy us and everything we love. You know, I, I shared earlier on about this whole rejection thing when Rowena shared last week. And like I said, last Sunday when I prayed for everyone, I felt good. Just a holy moment. Felt like, oh man, I feel pretty righteous right now from that word. Thank you, Lord. And then two days later, just these issues of rejection started coming into my life. Two, 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 two things. Things from the past. Out of nowhere. I couldn't believe it. Messed my whole week up. <laughs> because I had to deal with it internally. And I'm still dealing with it. And the thing with that is, you know, it, it's, it's just put strain on my personal life. Just like, man, God, this is, I don't want to deal with this. Uh, people, uh, they're hurtful. <laughs> and so I don't want to go back and deal with the, that thing or those people. And so, you know, there's, I've made a decision, right, to, to fight through it. And so now, as I've made this decision, literally I've had to like, make some choices to, to sacrifice and humble myself to move towards these things of rejection that I'm having to deal with. But as soon as I started doing that, it hasn't been a walk in the park. <laughs> it's only been a week. And it's been tiring. And it's been tiring because... It's easier for me to run away from it because it's oppression. It's a spiritual sort of thing that I'm having to deal with because it's dealing with me internally. I mean, oppression is not, if you're lazy, you're lazy. You've got to do something, okay? That's not oppression. I'm telling you now. <laughs> no, man, I'm just, you know, and you just need a good slap across the head, kick in the backside and have someone push you. That's not oppression. I'm talking about some real deep issues in your life that you may be going through. And last week we talked about rejection and, and I, I'm sure many of us got ministered to, but I'm telling you, now you've got to walk through it because the enemy doesn't want you to walk through it. But you're going to be pressed and pushed. He's not going to want you to go there, to walk through. Never forget, God also wants us to know that our spiritual armor and weapons those the very things, those things make our enemies afraid of us as well. Because they are scared to death of God. We, we read earlier in verse 7, you know, he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus? Acknowledging him that the son of the most high God. <laughs> Swear to God that you won't torture me, please. I want to read this quote, okay, from a, a well-known pastor. His name's John Piper, if you ever want to read up on him. This is what he says. Nothing on earth is more dangerous to a demonic cosmic power than a spirit-filled Christian who wears their armor and, and wields their weapons. That person is pure destruction to evil. The fiery darts of deception are ineffective against the shield of faith. 
And the word, the sword of the spirit, it, 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 it hews holes in the demonic line. Battles are intense affairs. But if we take the battle seriously and use the divine equipment God provided us, we will stand against the schemes of the devil in the evil day. Do not underestimate your enemy, but do not underestimate your spiritual ally as well. We will win. Isn't that cool? Jesus is so cool. Hops off the boat. While he's walking off the boat, the demon runs to him, falls at his knees. His disciples are all going, whoa, 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 what's this guy up to? Jesus is the man. Verse 14 uh, and 17, let me just sort of paraphrase this. If we continue on, you know, this demon-possessed man, right? He's no longer, he's no longer possessed, okay? So he's freed. In actual fact, people, you know, they came and they came to witness that this guy was fully healed. But instead of being, instead of being amazed, right, the, the transformation of this man, the people of this small town, they were more concerned about losing their pigs, I mean, come on, who wouldn't? That's 2,000 pigs, right? There's a lot of pigs for New Zealand. You know, so rather than asking Jesus to stay as a blessing to the community, they asked Jesus to leave. You need to get out of here, please. <laughs> You're causing problems. There is no interest in how, and they're doing that, and they're asking him to leave based off you know, because money, their money maker has now been destroyed. And there is no interest in how this man became saved and who was, you know, and who was the one that helped them to be transformed back to life. They had no interest. Even though the community, right, they stopped Jesus from continuing on his ministry there. Let me tell you, it didn't stop. You know, this now new transformed man to share about Jesus. In verse 18, it says, as Jesus was getting into the boat, they were kicking him off. You know, they're, they're putting him on the boat, telling him to leave. The man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with Jesus. But Jesus, you know, he didn't let him, but said, go home, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And so then the man went away and began to tell, you know, in the, the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. I just want to conclude here by, by saying, you know, what kind of person are you today? Are you like uh, the community um, who came to see this man, you know, who was no longer demon-possessed, and instead of giving glory to Jesus, uh, you push Jesus to the side because you just have no interest in what he can do for your life too? You miss it? We miss it? Or maybe are you like this, the, the man who was, you know, this, who is now fully healed and with this awesome transformation— you just can't stop telling people, you know, about Jesus and what he has done in your life. Some of us as uh, followers of Christ, we have been part of every nation or you've been part of other churches or, you know, you've been a Christian for a long time now. 
Has your walk with Christ gone dry? Have you forgotten of where you've come out of? Are you remembering what you could be walking through right now and what God is doing in your life right now? When you're thinking that life is hopeless, well, it's not. You're here. <laughs> you're here with a, a community that love Jesus. You're here sitting amongst family that you can probably build with and be transparent with and trust and walk you through some struggles. I want to say this. Never get tired of sharing what God has done. Never get tired of what he is doing in your life today. Don't grow old. Don't be like that and we forget that all the issues, we see someone that gave their life to Christ or they were healed, they walk in this place and God totally transforms them, but we're too busy worrying about just things outside of, of this person that could have been, you know, that's become right with God. We get too caught up in our politics of church. Because remember, you know, it's easy that over time, right, Christianity, you and I as Christians, as followers of Christ, we can become bored. Because nothing may be changing in your life. It's been 10 years and still nothing has changed. And you feel God isn't doing anything for you. I've been there. Man, I can honestly... Now, uh, it's pretty cool to say I've, I've been a Christian, literally a real one. Lordship, walking it through, victory weekends every week, uh, every year. Sorry, not every week. Hey, you've been telling people, eh? <laughs> you know, victory weekend every year, um, teaching it, but so getting humbled. And you know some of the, the groups that I'm sitting in with. You know, it doesn't matter what age they are, and I'm sitting there and I'm sharing, man, God's doing this, this. And some of them are thinking, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, really? But I'm human. I love God. I never want to grow old and sharing about what he has done, but also what he is doing. And some of us need, need to get to that place of what he is doing. Because <laughs> you keep sharing about what he has done, and that gets stale, but I tell you, you look alive once you tell him what, you've been, what he's been doing in your life. You know, the enemy, remember, he's cunning. He's deceiving. And as soon as he can get you away from, you know, following God's ways, then the next thing he will do is get you back to walking amongst the tombstones. You don't want to just believe Jesus is real like the demons do. You want to live life fully for Jesus and obedience. To those still unsure about following Jesus wholeheartedly, if you're in this place, let me refer you back to the song that we sang earlier. Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. But it's not just a love cuddle sort of thing. It's through the storm. He's Lord. He is the man. He's Lord of all. So are you ready to take up that whole armor of God? And having done all, would you be willing to stand firm in, in God's ways you know, for your life today? And, and I believe many of us in here today need to stand. You need to stand your ground. And to not yield to the enemy, but to, to press, 
press on and, and push the enemy back and take his ground. <laughs> yes, he will fight back and it will get ugly at times, but, but don't panic. Just choose to fight today because he is Lord, Lord of everything. Now, just before I finish, I'm going to, um, I, I want to finish with um, just a, a testimony, and it's not going to come from me, but uh, let's go ahead and let's play this video, and then I'm going to invite this person to come up um, as we, you know, move into this part. But I really hope that it, it's, it's really challenged us this morning in regards to what I'm sharing. 